Clash Royale, Trackmania Turbo, Wrestling Nostalgia, and remembering how to chew food. This is Staying In. Oh no, I've got that burning sensation when you eat chocolate. What burning sensation when you eat chocolate? You have a burning sensation when you eat chocolate. You know when you eat chocolate? I'm already going to say no. I'm already going to say whatever your thing is going to say. That I know I don't understand because you come up with some random rubbish. Dan, you've eaten chocolate before. I have eaten chocolate before, but I guarantee what you're about to say, I've not experienced. When you eat chocolate, sometimes if you eat too much chocolate or if the chocolate hits you right at the back of your throat at a weird angle, it, <laughs> it creates a bit of a burning sensation. Okay, so you're eating Terry's chocolate orange. Yeah. You are chewing the segments first, aren't you? Mostly. Because that would that's where it scratches on the, on the, the back of your throat because you're not chewing your food. Mostly. We shouldn't, you're, you're 30 years old, Pete. We shouldn't have to be telling you how to chew your food. Should we? Really. Terry certainly shouldn't be. <laughs> Terry. Terry. Terry out, is, Terry. Yeah. He is an assistant to your illness. Yeah. He is, is. He's allowing you to scratch your own throat with his segments. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you could read into that whatever you want. Yeah. I still need to uh, play you at Clash Royale. Oh, yeah. That's true. Um, I have put approximately a billion uh, hours into Clash Royale now and I, I don't know like I know we do still need to play one another but your level and my level are so disparate what level and that's, are you? I'm like level 7 or 6? I'm, level, like I'm also level 6 oh are you level 6 as well? Yeah, oh, okay. I've, I've been putting a lot of time into that game yeah I the, the thing with the multiplayer side of things with Clash Royale is it's difficult to... There's no balancing by necessity because obviously yeah. it's a free-to-play downloadable mobile game. So if you balance things out, it's like, well, that kind of negates any transactions that you might have done beforehand and obviously they want you to spend money. So, um, But how are you... Obviously this was... Now, not to, not to blow my own horn, Dan, but uh, this was another of my amazing free-to-play game suggestions. I was like, Dan... Dude, I, I, download I would, Clash Royale. I would accept you that it, it was one of your free to get free to play game suggestions. I'm not sure I'd necessarily agree with one of your one of your many amazing ones because I don't think there've been that many amazing suggestions. Yeah, uh, yes, there have been. What are you talking about? Boom Beach. Okay, name another one. Uh, you played Rival Kingdoms a little bit. And... Yeah, a little bit, and then I stopped because I didn't like it. Yeah, Tiny Realms uh, didn't like it. Did you not like Tiny Realms? No, oh, you terrible man. Um, but anyway, the, yes, yeah. I, yes, I'm really enjoying Clash Royale. Uh, I like the strategy of it. Um, like how would you I, uh, seriously like? I've been really thinking about how you actually describe what the game is because people have asked me. I've be, I've talked with people who play Clash of Clans, and they've said, "Oh, well, what kind of game is it?" And the only thing I've managed to say is, "Well, you should just download it because like." It's sort of a, it's sort of a tower defense game, but it's 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 not it's not that like it's not a tower defense game like it feels like maybe it's a card game maybe it's Clash of Clans maybe it's a MOBA maybe it's, it's a, a I'd probably say the closest thing you've got is probably a MOBA yeah because it's just it's it's you're balancing that defense versus offense with yeah. a range of different kind of 
kind of attackers. Um, but obviously you're controlling each of them kind of separately. Um, it is it is an interesting... It's not a difficult game to understand, but I agree it's a difficult t- game to describe. Mm. Because just fun- in my mind, fundamentally, it's a very simple game. But try and explain it and you think, I'm not explaining it right. Yeah, because when you start explaining it, when you start saying like, oh, so you, you choose from a... De- you you have a deck of cards and you go into each match with a set deck of cards that you've decided upon and you level those cards up outside of the game and they they have different abilities and then you play them to the field but then they trans but you don't play them as cards the cards transform into essentially units which then or you don't control those units I, after I would, you've set them into the thing. I would say that I wouldn't. I wouldn't start off explaining it like a, a, be, a deck of cards. I would say troops. So you have yeah. a range of different troops because then that so. that takes out that because you're throwing. I understand what you're saying with cards, and that's why I say it's quite difficult. I understand what mm. you're saying because it is similar to something like a, a, a Hearthstone or something like yeah. that, where you use a card to attack. But obviously, in Hearthstone, the card remains a card. It obviously does mm. things. But it still remains a card. Whereas in um, Clash Royale, you theoretically have what appears to be a card, but when you play it on the in the game, it becomes a group of skeletons, or it becomes mm. a dragon, and it becomes these different things. And then it goes around and it, it fights depending on how you've played it. It fights in a certain way and it mm. fights certain people. But I'm, I've really been enjoying the kind of the leveling up aspect. I get really annoyed that I can't find certain cards that everyone else yeah. seems to have. Because there's a have you side note? Have you spent money yet? Real world money. Yeah. No. Okay. I'm very close to dropping fifteen quid on it. I I no I'm 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 not I and I won't be. I don't think I don't. I can't I, see if I can't see a future Dan, where I'm deciding to. But Dan, for fifteen pounds, you could get an ultra magical chest, and in that is going to be a bunch of guaranteed super rare cards, also, which are going to make also you know, guaranteed bunch of guff. That you've already got yeah but you can use those to like level up things because obviously so you know at the moment i'm uh i'm leveling up my archers so i've got these like those pink hair lady archer thingies and i've I'm noticed you keep asking you keep uh, requesting people to help you with cards yeah in 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 the in the in the clan that we're in like i keep asking for those because i i kind of figure like if i focus on those and maybe maybe like one other card type then people will get to the point where they're like oh well i know that i can just keep giving like pete these cards he's going to use them i probably won't ever use them and i can actually just keep leveling them those up and getting them to a point where they're really powerful they're like really surprisingly powerful units to to actually Mm -hmm. deploy but i have noticed that those really rare cards they are just they're just in terms of like magic talk magic gathering talk they are bombs like they are like if you drop a, a you know a knight for example, or if you drop a you drop a giant onto the thing, and suddenly your opponent is immediately like everything on them, everything on that that is that is a real problem right now. You know, um, so are you uh, what uh, arena are you at? I think I'm in arena three. I think you're in arena right. four, um, right. but we're at the same. I think we're at the same level because right. obviously you, oh, okay. you, your leveling up is based on the cards that you level up. And then the arena is based yeah. on how many matches, how many victory points you've gained. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, I, what I do, and it's really annoying, is that I will go through a spell of doing really well, and then suddenly I will go five, six, seven, ten games where I just cannot find a win for the life of me. 
And because of that, my score... Because the way it works is when you win a match, you get a chest. And then depending on the arena that you're in, the chest has certain cards. So Mm. the higher the arena, the better the cards. But the problem is when you start losing, your kind of your points go down and you can drop into the the arena below, which means when you do start winning again, you're actually getting worse off cards than you would have been before. And it's yeah. really infuriating when you just seemingly can't buy a win because everything you try and do, I've got to literally within two seconds of a win and then it's been stolen from me right at the last second. And mm. that is like wanna throw my phone against the wall style fury. <laughs> It's it's weird, right? Because it's so coming from a background of you know talking and, and criticizing and understanding mobile games a lot. What we're talking about here is we're get you and I, I think, are getting close to a, what's called a churn point, and the churn point is effectively the point that you stop playing the game forever. And I feel like the more whenever I get one of those long lose streaks. And I feel like this wasn't my fault. Like, I feel like I was just going up against opponents that was way too high level for me. That's the point where I get get to either I'm going to stop playing this game or I'm going to start spending money. And obviously, you know, I'm sure Supercell want you to do the latter. Um, But it does feel like the game... There was a point where I was playing one game... Out of three games, I would usually win one, maybe two... Like I'd win one and a half out of three games, right? Like, it was a pretty good record. And now that I'm in uh, Pekka's Arena or whatever it's called, um, as soon as I get into Pekka's uh, Arena, I I just lose, 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 maybe one win, lose, lose, and then drop down to the arena below. And as you say, it's just massively frustrating because I know that I can't get access to that next set of cards, that, uh, that next... I think you. Do, I think what I, I think with that kind of thing. I think you've got the same problem as I have because I'm kind of walking that tightrope between this arena two and arena three. So yeah. you fall down into arena two and you're the strongest one there, so you can yeah. defeat everyone. You move up and you're the weakest one there, and so you keep yeah. going back and forth. So what you eventually need to be able to do is at least just get a foothold in that next step up, and then you can build on that. And then yeah. you have the same problem as you're now having that next step up. Again, you're then kind of flip-flopping between the two. Eventually, you need to get a foothold and then build yourself up again. And it's just infuriating because you need to be there longer to get the cards that everyone else has. But otherwise, other other than this, other than this, like criticism of it, which I do, I do have. I've got to say, like this is this this is a game that's been on my phone the longest for a really long time. Like this, in terms of certainly in terms of free-to-play games, like I've put more time into this than anything else. Uh, like you know traditional big free to play yeah. recently i've got to say um yeah it, it really is a class act all around like visually it it, it just looks absolutely be- beautiful like matchmaking it takes seconds what's, uh, what's great about it as well is the fact that match as you say matchmaking takes seconds and then the match itself takes about two minutes yeah and that's it that's and you it. don't there's no there's no commitment to play again after that you can stop, yep. you can carry on, and if you want to carry on, again, it's a few seconds and you're into another game. Which which really infuriates me about other MOBAs. Like, whenever I've tried to play Dota or League of Legends... Have I played League of Legends? Well, certainly Dota and um, Heroes of the Storm. It's The game says to you, alright, sit down for 45 minutes and, and play this thing. Heroes of the Storm, maybe 25, 30 minutes, but Dota is like, you're in for the long haul. And if you lose at the end of that match, you just think, well, so, like, what have I achieved this yeah. evening? You know, as somebody who's, 
you know, somebody who has got a job. Like, that is not what I want out of a multiplayer session. I want to win one, lose one. Mm. That's my that's the ideal. And if I just get a long streak of losing because I'm an early, you know, I'm, I'm a beginner at the game, I'm just immediately like, oh, I don't care anymore. But this is a, well, if I have a losing streak of five, you know, seven, ten losses, I'm like, well, it's only cost me 20 minutes. And as soon as you get that next victory, you think, oh, brilliant, I'll just, just keep going. I'm, ba- I'm back on the horse. I'm back on the horse, yeah. Um the other thing I really like about it is it ties into this collectible card game thing that I've got in two ways where you know it does feel like you are collecting cards and it does feel like you are improving your stable of your deck and thinking strategically about what your deck contains like that meta Mm. and also what I like about it is there are very clearly lots of different tactics for using the units that you have and you only really understand them after a long period of time like initially you know my my one and only tactic really was drop a giant and just let it wander off yeah <laughs> then the next tactic was actually what you want to do is drop a giant and surround it by skeletons yeah. a skeleton army so that that absorbs a load of the hits yeah. and then my next tactic was actually what i and this is what i start using now i use a a, a pecker instead a mini pecker i should say which is kind of fulfills similar roles to what the giant giant does except for that it doesn't ignore units but i send it off on the the right hand side track or the left hand side track the track basically where i'm not focusing my attentions yeah so what i do is i send a really hardcore unit down the the other side of the track that i'm not interested in actually destroying so the so the enemy has to focus loads of their materials to actually get rid of that thing and then i'm just like <laughs> like it's really like it's really funny away. that we have such similar strategies because yeah. i do almost the exact same thing where i will i will front load one side and i wait until i can see that they've put a load of effort into that and then i, yeah. I know that they've got nothing left at the moment to fight off the other side so i just send yeah. in a guy who i know is going to get there quick he's going to do a lot of damage he might not destroy the whole table. He's going to take a lot of life off it. Yeah. And then suddenly, they are. We're, we're both equal because we we then both have equal kind of mana, but he's down half a half a tower. And I, yeah. I, it's funny you explaining your stages of your strategy because it's the exact same process yeah. that I went through. I started yeah. off with a giant because he was like he takes loads of damage. And then hang on a minute, he's dying before he gets there. I need to throw some mm. skeletons around him to take all the the heat off him. And then that worked. And then actually, I was like, you know what? He's great, but he's a bit slow. Is there anyone else who could be better? And then you you develop that as you get more cards and you learn how they work. And you see how other people use them against you. So I've been playing a game called Astro Attack. Uh, So this is... uh, uh, It's a game by Blocky Pixel Studios. And um, it's... So it's like, did you play Crossy Road? I don't want to be too sort of reductive, but did you play Crossy Road? Uh, uh, remind me. I, I've got a feeling I did, but I can't remember it. Uh, so Crossy Road is like Frogger, but 3D and looks a little bit like Minecraft 3D blocks. And the idea is that you tap on the screen to make the, the chicken jump forward and you swipe up or down or left or right to make it go to a different side i don't think i really played it but i think i do remember maybe i remember you talking about it okay but i, I never right, played so it. so it was pretty big it was a pretty big deal and like uh did 
ridiculous numbers uh, online and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, like, you know, it was a, an App Store classic and all that, that kind of thing. Anyway, so um, what the reason I bring it up is lots of um, lots of studios would go to take its like monetization method, which is basically through playing the game, you unlock coins and then you put those coins into a slot and then you turn the slot and then you get a new character. So it's like you're using one of those gashapon machines and like, or you know, those little machines that you get in like Sainsbury's and Tesco's and stuff like that, where you get a little little ball and inside the ball is a character, but you don't know which character you're gonna get. Mm. Anyway, um, Astro Attack, so it uses that same thing. So you're unlocking different characters using that, but the actual gameplay itself is very, very different. It's like, so it's like Space Invaders, basically. It's like an endless Space Invaders. Not quite as stilted as Space Invaders. You know how you've got, you know, aliens that come down the screen. Mm -hmm. um, pew, 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 pew. Um, not quite as stilted as that. And you've got to destroy them. So you've got a little, um, you've got a little spaceship at the bottom of the screen. You press your finger on the screen. You can move the ship about quite freely. It's not just left and right. It's up, down as well. Um, and you automatically shoot. And the idea is to get rid of as as many of these um, aliens as possible and keep playing and, and that kind of thing. It's an endless shooter, basically, an, an, an endless action game. Um, but it's got some really slick ideas in it as well. Like visually, I think it looks really great. It's like this blend of 3D and 2D and um, definitely has like a retro pixel look. And it's like really referential. So it's got your typical Space Invaders, Aliens-esque looking kind of stuff. And you're like, oh, okay, well, this is part of the course. But then the ships that you unlock, there's like the Die Fighter, which is a dice with little wings on the side that looks like a Tie Fighter, suspiciously like yeah. a Tie Fighter. And then there's um, references to, I think there's a, I want to say that there's like a Firefly reference in there as well. It's like lots of different ships from lots of different things. And then like, you can unlock like Dreamcast <laughs> spacecraft and stuff like that and like PlayStation and Game Boy spacecraft and stuff it's, it's absolutely fantastic um, yeah so really sort of like geeky self-referential you know understanding of geek culture kind of stuff but what I really like about it is mechanically there's some cool ideas in there as well it's you know it's it's a one-handed kind of a game like it is a uh, you know you've not got to turn the screen so it's all played in portrait so you, you know you're just playing with your thumb and it's it's simple and straightforward enough to the point that you don't have to be concentrating super hard like a um, like a bullet hell shooter like an Escaluda or a Death Smiles or something like that but it's it's interesting enough to the point that you actually do have to actively play the game you've got to dodge things you know the enemies are going to fire bullets at you and all that sort of stuff but the power up system is the thing I really love so you can get individually you can get boosts to your the bullets that you fire out. So you've got individual shots normally, you just go boo, boo, boo. And then you can get one that fires out rapidly like a machine gun. So you go boo, 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 boo. And that lasts for like maybe seven, 10 seconds or something like that. Um, but if you add another power up onto the end of it, like a different power up, so a, a spread shot, for example, where you've got three bullets firing out in different directions, and you add that to the machine gun one that you already have, then the spread shot becomes a machine gun spread shot and it lasts slightly longer. So you can chain these power-ups 
and it's it's only ever temporary boost that makes you feel super super powerful and glad that you went after the enemy that had that 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 um, that extra bonus. Um, you've got an iPhone, haven't you? I do. Yes. Yeah. So it's on. It's going to be on iPhone and obviously iPad as well. It's also coming to Android. Oh, it's free as well. Um, like, I don't think this is going to do as big numbers as Crossy Road, which, by the way, you should play. <laughs> um, but like, I don't think it's going to do as big numbers as that. But it's really, it's a really slick shooter. I've been playing mechanically complex games. So we were talking about like Clash Royale, talked about Astro Attack, like Trackmania Turbo. I've been playing on PS4. Oh yeah, and. So you played the demo? Of, yeah, there's, I've, there's I've a not, demo apparently. Yeah, I've not purchased it. Uh, I mean, the demo. I mean, obviously, not having the game, the full game. Yeah. I don't know how much is missing from that, but kind of. Okay, the, so so what's in the demo, and I'll tell you what's in the full game. Well, the demo gives you um, seemingly just a couple of. I mean, I played through a couple of tracks, and it didn't get to a point where it told me I couldn't do any. I couldn't not do any more. But what right. I was more interested in was the the kind of the online multiplayer yeah. stuff. So obviously, in the in the main solo campaign you're kind of racing against your own times either your yeah, own times, times or the stuff, gold yeah. silver and bronze yeah. um times so a few of those tracks but then what was really interesting in the in the online racing when you log in it kind of says um uh this is the demo this is the trial so you've got an hour of trial time basically yeah i've only used half an hour so i've still got half an hour left to play at another point because it doesn't just start then and then run on it gives you an hour of play time so I've, oh, nice. so I've only used okay. half an hour of that at the moment but then basically you it just you find yourself a server drop yourself in and then it, it just it's got a match it's got a race there that you're in with about depending on how many people it could be 10 other people could be 20 could be 30 other people and then it just goes through loops for about five minutes you just mm. loops that it's a short track and it'll just loop through yeah. and you try and, and you're racing and you're racing against everyone else you, no one else is physically on the track with you you can see ghost versions of their cars Mm. as they drive i mean i'm, I'm assuming that it, it i'm not sure if those are live or if that's just their best times i don't know oh no those are, right so so is that in multiplayer yeah that's live so it's actually up to 100 players and all of those ghosts are live which means that yeah you really are all racing at exactly the same time um so i've got the full game i got it on day of release um I don't know about you, but I, I mean, you know, Trackmania, I, I love in and of itself. It feels like a Trackmania game. It, it feels like a traditional Trackmania game, but made slightly more console friendly. And the actual driving physics of the whole thing, I just feel is so, it's so tactile. Like it's so. Yeah. Like it, it. Like you never feel cheated. Mm -hmm. Like you never, you never feel like, oh, well, the engine fell apart, or oh, well, that was, that clearly wasn't my fault. You always feel like, nope, I screwed up. And, I, and, I think and there are certain, I think there are certain times, and obviously, I'm, I'm, my, my play experience is limited, but there mm. are certain times where I've played it and I've kind of thought, you know what, I don't, I physically don't know how, where, where else that time is because I'll have gone through. There'll be a certain race, and it'll be physically. I I've taken every corner as close as I can. I've not bumped anything to slow me down, and everything I've gone through everything as fast as I can, and yet I'm still three seconds behind the person in first. And I get yeah. because I think 
I mean, maybe there is a feature where you can look at how other people are playing a race. So maybe mm. they're doing something that's obvious that I'm just not. But there are certain times that you do kind of get with any type of racing game, to be fair, that has competitiveness. You always get that thing of, I physically don't know where these other three seconds can possibly come from because I am hitting every note and my my finger never comes off full full on the accelerator. It's so it's the so I've looked at some of those top times and you would be surprised at how sloppy your and my driving is in comparison to the people who are putting in world record times. Like you I, I completely agree with you. Like, you know, you're zipping around these tracks, sometimes you've got laps, sometimes you've got, you know, it's just individual one shots. The individual one shots, I don't know if you've noticed this, but they are like so much harder than the than the lap ones. Like Oh, I I've, I've lap... only really done the one shots. Oh, okay. So there's actually lap versions as well where okay. you go around a specific circuit three times. And though they are actually harder to be more consistent, like you've got to be consistent basically with those those three lap ones. But they're not as technically demanding mm-hmm. as the individual ones. But I've looked at some of these world record times and the, and the ghosts that go with them, and just it's it's literally a question of technique. Like your and my technique is literally just not as good enough. Yeah. Like, um, you know, these people are taking corners within hair's breadths of the mass, like in the sharp wall that's mm. that's actually jutting out from the corner itself. But they're just f- skimming past it by pixels, and it and it shaves off a hundredth of a second. Yeah. Like that's. And that's why they do it. Like it's, I tell you, it's genuinely impressive. I tell you what game it reminds me of, and only in certain. Mm. And the, the 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 probably the mechanics are stronger in Turbo, in Trackmania Turbo. The game it reminds me of is Mario Kart. I think I know exactly why. And the, why the reason that I, is. I reason I say that is uh, years ago in Mario Kart Wii. I mean, I know that didn't get great reviews. It wasn't well received yeah, by a lot of people. It was fine. I it was really fine. enjoyed it. And me, both me and Sam of this parish, uh, we both played it. And there was a specific level that we used to race each other on. And we would both, because obviously we were friends on online on the on the Wii. And as a, one of the features of Mario Kart was you had like time trials and you had ghost cars, so you could go against each other. And we would both be within hundreds of a second around this one course, and both of us would be hitting, kind of as you say, within a hair's hair's breadth of each corner drifting for just the perfect amount of time and obviously yeah. the the kind of the, the mechanics of track mania turbo are stronger so the drifting is more organic you feel like you're in control of it rather than just press a button drift as long as you physically can and then let go mm. but i do get that same feeling when i was going up especially maybe in the solo campaigns when i'm just one-on-one and you can see you you can see yourself going kind of ahead of your previous time or dropping behind your previous time and you can see that's where I should be. That's where I've been before, yeah. or that's yeah. where that's where my friend has been, and that's what it reminded me of, which is a good thing because I loved Mario Kart Wii. I uh, absolutely loved I, it. I honestly think that you drop in the twenty quid or whatever it is on Track Mini Turbo. I honestly think it would be worth doing then because that's it. Like that is the game. Like beyond the, beyond the, the the trial that you get, uh, you know, it is just more of that. And I must have put. I must have put like 10 or 11 hours in at this point, which, you know, doesn't sound like a lot, but in terms, like considering the amount of gaming time I actually have at the moment, like, yeah, but considering the amount, how, how the game plays uh, a, a lap or a kind of one run, 
can take 40 seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah, So the fact that you're putting 12 hours is actually a lot, considering 12, uh, 40 seconds per run. Yeah, no, I I, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I think it is genuinely fantastic. Like... It, it keeps me going. The the one thing that makes me a bit anxious whenever I play it is um, towards the end of the campaign itself, like the, you know, you were talking about the campaign mode, which is like single player, essentially. Um, you've got to, to unlock the very final set of tracks, you've got to basically gold medal everything up to that point. Mm. And... I've basically resigned myself to the fact that I will never see those last sets of tracks because I just don't see how I'm going to gold medal everything. Yeah. Like there are, there are just certain tracks where I'm like I scraped silver and I'm happy. Like th- there's no way that I'm going to be able to like some of the 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 lagoon ones for example, the car is just, just, the car and I just don't get on. Yeah. Like we just and it just feels like it would be you know, I would I would get up to the point where I would then only be able to progress if I got gold medals, and you know it would be another twenty or thirty hours of playing the game, going back and trying and trying and trying and trying. And at that point, I kind of feel like, well, that's not really my jam. Like, but I, I think I, I, would I think what's, want to move on. what's interesting about it is when in some of the kind of the limited solo game solo campaign races that I did was that I would go around a track and I would do it in a way so I would say be drifting around a big corner or something like that and I'd do quite mm. well and I'd get silver or something like that and then another time kind of by accident I just I wouldn't drift and I would just hold on an accelerator but I've hit the corner at a certain angle that I realised yeah. hang on a minute I'm losing time because I've broken I've, I've pressed brake to drift and that's costing me time because I actually don't need to do that if I hit yeah. it at a slightly yeah, yeah, yeah. different angle I can just use my own velocity to bring me around that whole corner because if I'd done it at a wrong angle, I go straight into a wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is it, a science. It's one of those there things of sometimes just discovering that by almost by mistake, and then be like, oh, yeah. okay. So for all this time when I thought there was no time for me to get out of this race, now that's where the time comes from. Yeah, and it often comes from a place where oh, if I end the drift on this side of the track, I can just hold left, and I will not have to break through this corner. Yeah. And like, yeah, it, uh, finding that sort of stuff. There are also really devious shortcuts every once in a while. Okay. Like you'll find you'll find one where you're like, oh, I could just jump this massive section of track, like, and that's exactly how I'm going to ha- get the gold medal. Like, there, there was there was one bit which made me laugh, and it was in one of the online races, and I can't decide if it was just something funny or if it was a bug, but I, there was a bit where I kind of went around the track, and I kind of the track goes on like a ramp. And then you have yeah. to kind of hold hold quite low on the ramp, or they'll just go flying off. One time I went flying off, I went flying through the air, and then I landed outside the track on the ground. Yeah. But yeah. I was still in control of the car. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was just I was like, okay, I'm just driving around the wilderness now. And it would let you yeah, yeah. I fully stayed in control. And it wasn't until I restarted the lap that it took me back to the start. And I was like, yeah, you can explore as much as you want. Yeah. But there was nothing to explore though; it was just a desert. <laughs> but that's what, but that's what Nadeo does, right? And and I'm glad that Ubisoft kind of understands this about what Nadeo does. Like, Nadeo makes games the, in the Mania series, Trackmania being the main one, that they just do things where you're like, why have you gone down this? I mean, this is fun, but I don't understand why you've gone yeah. down this route. Like, there's the like, have you seen Double Driver mode? Yeah. I've, I, I know so, what that is, yeah. I'm, I can't imagine how that could possibly work. So, yeah, like, the idea of having 
two people controlling the same car like you we must both press left at the same time otherwise we will not turn left like like that's ludicrous but it's fun like it's just a silly bit of fun like there's a there's a, um if you press the 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 touchpad on the PlayStation 4 controller it it changes the music um presence so if you feel like you're about to go through a really like holy shit this is an amazing moment you can just press the touchpad and it will drop all the en car engine sounds out and you'll be like you'll just get that like weird electro european techno beat and you're just like why would you again like that's a thing you would probably relegate to a to a menu if you were a developer yeah. but they they're just like nah we've got an extra button like why <laughs> yeah, why do not do it? something with it um but uh yeah it's um as i say yeah i i've really enjoyed it and and but I must admit, like this month, it's all it's in terms of games, it's it's been all about like being technically excellent at them. Yeah. You actually got. Like, why why did you start watching them in the first place? Uh, I think I'd have just been looking on YouTube randomly, and I'd have probably just come across one of them. It it would have it would have just been I was looking at stuff and maybe I looked at something on wrestling and then in the sidebar it would have been I don't know top ten matches with men yeah yeah <laughs> so that's, that's the way I went classic Tick. classic let YouTube. me look at that yeah I mean so that's the thing though right like but why would you I guess my, that's my question right why would you click on a video about wrestling why would you why wouldn't you just like, if I saw a video about cooking, I wouldn't immediately... Well, I should what, maybe with cooking. What I will have but... done is... I know, I'm just guessing because I know my own brain. Uh, what The only thing I do kind of regularly do with regards to wrestling is I will read the uh, the wrestling wrap-up, the weekly wrestling wrap-up on IGN. Yeah. Because I like the style of writing and it's quite funny. And I, I'm, I'm interested in that world. So I'm, I'm always interested to see what's going on without really getting into it. Um, and the heel will probably mention something in the vid in these article that I would have thought, that sounds interesting. I wonder what actually happened there. I wonder what that looked like. So I went onto YouTube to find it, and that would have led me down the path of wrestling videos. <laughs> Wonderful world of wrestling videos. I, I, that's the thing, right? I like, I'm exactly the same. Like, my... Because I do like wrestling from a distance. Like, mm. like I, I... So, I don't know about you, but when I was younger i definitely watched wrestling a fair amount like a th like at least every weekend i would say mm. like so i had a friend who had i think was it on sky it was shown yeah it was on sky it was on uh, yeah. sky sports <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> the the yeah the um yeah what a good term for it um i suppose it's sport isn't it um no it's not it's it's sports entertainment sports entertainment yeah, yeah yeah uh that's the legal line so yeah, so I would watch it like every weekend and stuff like that. I wouldn't watch Monday Night Raw because obviously I wasn't at his house, but I'd watch like catch up. So I'd watch like WWE Heat or WF Heat or whatever it was called, mm. and like it was just like wrap ups of the lesser matches. And yeah. then there was uh, SmackDown, Friday Night SmackDown or whatever it was called. Uh, well, from my memories of it, because um, I, I probably watched it something similar to you, maybe a bit more because I, I kind of had Sky. Um, I would watch Friday Night Raw in, in obviously it's actually released on a Monday it's Monday Night Raw but in the UK it came out on Friday night oh right um, and then I believe Smackdown came out 
in America, it was out uh, on a Thursday. I think it was Thursday Night Smackdown. But in the UK, it would be shown, um, I think, around midday on a Saturday. I think they oh, showed right. a late night version as well. Mm. Um, but they kind of, that was the, the kind of one at midday. It was the ones where if someone hit someone with a chair, the screen paused when the oh, kind of oh, the, yeah. uh, the, the as it, uh, it paused at the point at just before the point of impact and then all cut to the crowd yeah. so you, all you heard was the noise of everything happening and then it cuts back to a guy sprawled out on the floor and I, I love the idea that in terms of censorship they were okay with they were okay with everything that led up to that point. A man punching another man in the yeah. face. A man throwing another man onto the floor. Two ladies wearing very little wrestling with each other. Like, but the point that the like, as a chair, a fold away chair gets an inch towards somebody's face. Yeah, that's the point where they have to look away and go, "Oh no, we can't tell you quite what happened here." You could probably put it together by the fact that you saw the chair being and, and swung as it, in his general direction. As it cuts away, you hear a funk. <laughs> yeah and that was and i guess that because that must have been censorship right that must have been a well you can't show somebody using a weapon against another human being or that, something i mean like that was that. that would have been a kind of a watershed type thing as i say on the friday night raw which came out at 10 o'clock i think it was shown um you you kind of showed everything yeah um whereas on the morning show which came out around either like 11 11 a.m or midday that's when it, it would cut away. So it was before the watershed. So I think they showed the late night one so they could they could give you all the chair shots you needed. <laughs> you could see Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy put other people through. Was it tables that they did? Oh, no, it was the, it was the Hardy Boys. No. Hardy Boys were ladders. Hardy Bo- yeah, okay. Hardy Boys were ladders. Right. Who was... So there was tables, ladders, and chairs. So ladders was Hardy Boys. Uh, who were chairs? Chairs, because it was tables and chairs. Because D- Dudley Boys were tables. Yeah, and Dudley they Boys need, were tables. They needed. Yeah. Um, I remember this actually because I, I remember being really excited about this match because I really liked the Hardy Boys at the time, and they <laughs> yeah. wanted to have a, like a, a three-team thing, and they had Edge and Christian, but they yeah. didn't really have anything to give them because they didn't right. have a signature weapon. So yeah. they just kind of went, uh, "You could have chairs." <laughs> <laughs> They just basically, in like the two weeks before announcing the match, they just made them use chairs a lot. So it seemed like that was their thing. <laughs> Recording chairs into their history. Um, so, yeah, and of course, of course, the thing with the Dudley boys was the only person who could set... There was such a good partnership because the only person who could actually set the table up was, of course, Devon. Because, yeah. because the other dude would say, Devon, please go and get the table or something like that. Uh, something to that effect, but I, that's the thing, right? Like, I never, I never understood why they didn't just get the table in there straight away. Like, I didn't understand why they, like, both parties, the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, why they didn't just immediately get out of the ring, both of them, and go right. Well, we're just going to go and get the tables and ladders right now, rather than wait for an inopportune moment where they're like, oh, now after I've taken a severe beating to the head. Like now's the time that I go underneath the mat. Well, that's 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 the point. He's taken a severe beating to the head. At that point, it's a good idea to go get the table. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is that, like, narratively, what they were trying to say is you've got to be really dumb to want yeah. to. Yeah. Okay. I. Uh, all right. I'm. I'm with that. So you were saying. So are the Dudley boys? So are they still around? They. They are still around. I mean. I. I mean, one of the reasons because I we wanted to talk about this is I think we're the only people of our group who would actually be able to have this conversation. So the fact <laughs> so, of the matter that yeah. Sam's off gallivanting in New York, Chris yeah. is off gallivanting in Malta, Tom's off gallivanting somewhere. I don't know somewhere. where he is at the moment. Yeah. Um, 
So I just thought, perfect opportunity that we could take over the airwaves yeah. and just have this nice little chat. But but, uh, but this, is the th- this is the thing, right? Like, this to me, as I say, like, my interest in wrestling is quite step back. It's quite fun. I like to... I like to like pop my head through the door of wrestling every once yeah. in a while I go oh what's going on in here absolute madness fantastic <laughs> glad it's all still going strong um like but this this to me is is i guess the closest thing that i have to like soccer okay like i i guess in terms of i am i have a certain amount of cultural cachet in wrestling like i can talk about it like whenever you start talking about i don't know um, Klinsman <laughs> or whatever. That's, that's your point of reference. Sheringham, like like the like you know all these other footballers. Um, I don't really understand who they are, but when you say Gold Dust, I'm like, well, yeah, obviously I know who Gold Dust yeah. is. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I'm I, okay. But so do you? So do you still? Obviously, you you were saying like you check in on the IGN thing, which I've seen the article. You know, it's like a weekly thing. It's really good. It's a really really good like quick way of catching up and what's going mm. on with that stuff. Like, do you? So why do you still? Why do you keep in with? It? I was I was gonna say why do you keep up with it? Like, I mean, I I keep up with it because I I mean. I kind of I left it behind for a long, long time because you know what it's a bit silly and it's it was a, a thing that I enjoyed as a child and it is quite childish. Yeah. Um. Even even though I mean it's got a huge kind of following from a from more adult sense, but I think people have it's people who've grown up with it in the same way that kind of w- we did. Um. And I kind of just I kind of checked back in it with a couple of, couple of years ago and I found the kind of article it was really interesting. It was a fun way of looking at it and the article itself uh, doesn't take itself seriously. Um. It's Matt Fowler, the the, the writer goes into kind of detail of actually what's going on and kind of talks to the audience like a like an adult yeah um and it was really interesting and obviously when we were watching it um what's referred to as the attitude era um that was kind of one of their big high points and i think a lot of the fans my understanding anyway a lot of hardcore fans now kind of look back at those days were kind of put them up on a pedestal and so when you because of that you do get the big heroes from that era coming right. back because the WWE have to kind of keep recycling them so, to kind of get that get so that be, kind of to be clear uh, what is point. the what is the attitude era it, the attitude era was a kind of a period of time where the um the storylines that they used were much more edgy or more adult orientated they would be cursing they would be they would be having characters who would be drinkers who would swear there would be blood that all that stuff for children and kind of little young boys, it's kind of like, oh, wow, it's amazing. This guy's fighting and doing all this great stuff. And that was what was known as the Attitude Era. And I think it was my understanding, because I'd stopped watching it once it kind of, when it when it changed. So I hadn't mm. been watching at that point. I think through various different things that happened that the, the, the people behind the scenes, the, the company decided that it was going to become more family friendly. And so they toned down all that stuff. So for so- example... Stuff mm. like you don't really get blood in it anymore. Even when we would have watched it, you'd have had a lot of that because the the kind of the whole concept of I think I was referred to as blading, where literally people would cut themselves to bleed from the head and stuff like that, which is insane. Yeah. But it was a common thing. Not in kind of they didn't hurt themselves or anything. Well, obviously they did hurt themselves. They're cutting their heads. <laughs> <through blood. laughs> 
<laughs> but they yeah. didn't do they didn't do kind of permanent damage or anything like that. But it kind of it became too much, and I think right. they cut back on that and they outlawed that, so that's kind of not allowed so, to happen anymore. So this is the Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mankind, Undertaker, Kane, yeah. The Rock. When I was watching it, I loved the character of The Rock, and so yeah. when he comes back, I'm still interested because I remember the, I remember there was a thing. It was a couple of years ago they had their WrestleMania, which is the kind of the big showpiece of the year, and they had a thing where each year they had a host of WrestleMania, and they did this the one year they kind of they said and the new host is going to be, and then all the lights in the arena shut turn off and it's kind of everyone goes silent and then the rock's music hits and everyone just goes oh my god this is amazing he's a Hollywood star but he's here again <laughs> and it's and it's like that and he the guy, he comes out and he does all his shtick he does all his catchphrases but he sits yeah. there in this huge arena with the entire audience in the palm of his hand mm. and it's just it's and it is just it was great to see and it kind of like yeah that's what I used to like did, that fun aspect did uh, he finally reveal what it was that he was cooking like he's that that remains a mystery for mm. for a, a mystery for our time i think i don't think we'll yeah. ever quite find out what it is that he is cooking yeah i can smell <laughs> it but i don't quite know what it is <laughs> yeah what is that smell i can't quite tell what it is that you're cooking the rock um Dwayne. the uh the yeah absolutely when you're talking about people with the palm you know keeping the audience in the palm of their hand you are 100% right. And that is why I check in on it every once in a while. Sometimes I'll fall down like a Wikipedia and YouTube rabbit hole where yeah. I'll basically just splurge for an hour and a half and just catch up on what's happened. Yeah. And it's that feeling of it's the unexpected that WWF slash now WWE does um, and did of the, the EastEnders and the Coronation Street. Oh, my goodness. I never saw that twist coming yeah. kind of a thing like it's the it's the here's a regular match just between two people and you know you, you're not massively interested and it just seems like a regular match and then suddenly you know a character who hasn't been in it for five years comes back and you're like oh my god like Ric Flair's back like what why on earth is he back like that's amazing or or what have you um and to me that always it's a it's a slightly cheap thrill though i'm sure there's clearly a lot of staging expertise that goes on with that but that that slightly cheap thrill of of oh this is really exciting the the like you know shivers running up your spine yeah. of of oh i remember this person and i remember all of the things that were in you know uh, associated with this person you know like it's why it's why when i think of hulk hogan and I think of that era of wrestling because my, you know, I had a friend who uh, had Sky when he was like four or five, you know, when we were very, very young. Mm. Um, and he would have access to that sort of stuff. And I would every once in a while get get to watch Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage and Jake the Snake and all of these mine like characters who were way before the Attitude Era. It's so why when I think back to that era, I think of very different personalities and very different mm. feelings for it. Like, I smile more when I think about, you know, Dink and Doink, who were two wrestling clowns, which was kind of ridiculous. I smile about that because I think, oh, what a, what a cute, lovely time to be alive and watching that. And then I get that 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 sort of lightning thrill of seeing somebody like The Rock come down on stage. Or, you know, um, a better example would be uh, uh, Chris Jericho. 
coming down the set, coming down that ramp, you were always like, this is going to be brilliant. The, whatever, whatever he's about to do is going to be a super cool and b really, really exciting because he is technically a very competent sports person. Mm. You know, very, very athletic person, and clearly knows what they're doing. And what win or lose, it's going to be a really exciting match. And and uh, yeah, I get these different. Whenever these different people come back, there there is this different level of like nostalgia for those things. And I think one of the reasons that it's kind of made me think of kind of the nostalgia around it at the moment is they've they've in recent times they've brought back certain characters, uh, kind of more of the McMahon family, and especially the son, Shane McMahon, who's been out of kind of I think he, my understanding is he left the business for a number of years. And at WrestleMania, which is just kind of a time of recording, just happened, they had him go up against the Undertaker. <laughs> and it's it's the big thing of that match was he tried to leap off the top of a Hell in a Cell cage, which is like a twenty foot cage which circles the ring with a roof, jump from the top of that, yeah, onto a table at the bot on the floor, right, on top of his opponents. But the opponent moves at the last second, so he just goes bang. <laughs> And it's kind of, I mean, that, I mean, something like that. I think we, you joke, we joke about the fact of yes, it's it's a soap opera, and it is a soap opera. We yeah. joke that it's fake, and it's obviously fake, and it's ridiculously, hilariously fake at times. But at the end of the day, also, these guys are proper athletes, and mm. they put their bodies through so much crap. Mm. And you, you, there's many stories about guys getting addicted to pain medication because they mm. put their bodies through so much. And obviously you go back to the whole thing of cutting themselves to put on a show. And that's what it is. They are performers. They aren't mm. just two guys who like to fight. They are putting on a performance. They are trying to tell a story. Mm. And I think that's I think that's why it kind of, when I was younger, it, it kind of got me. And so when they bring these stuff back, I am interested because I'm like, I remember that feeling I had. And when you see things like a guy leaping off a 20-foot cage who has no right to be there because yeah. he's a guy who's been a businessman for the last five years and has been brought back because we need a boost in the ratings. Can you please jump off that 20-foot cage onto the concrete? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he says, okay, I'll do that. That sounds like a thing I would do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know full well that what he lands on has an element of padding. And that's obvious there because obviously he's not going to land on concrete. But still, yeah. land jumping 20 feet... Yeah. You need an awful lot of padding that and you if, can't see. And if Jerry Lawler's telling you he's landed onto the concrete, you're like, all right. Yeah, I'll take that. Because yeah, everyone, everyone knows, other than like small children, everyone knows it's fake. Yeah. Everyone knows. But I mean, like, and not to not to bring the, the you know, the level of conversation down a bit, but in some ways it doesn't it doesn't matter because wrestling isn't about isn't about reality it's about it's about legend and it's it's the same principles yeah. as greek myth it is it's the same or to a, you know to a lesser extent superhero mythology and that kind of thing it's the you are exploring things you are potentially exploring things about society within uh, uh within a performance and over, over the years you've had many different storylines around kind of brothers and fathers yeah, and sons yeah. and that you've you've had shakespearean levels of yeah. story to try now, to put it in there but framing it around two guys punching each other in the middle <laughs> of a squared ring yeah, yeah exactly now, now here's the thing right like i'm not going to say that a 
a barbed wire you know cage match or you know a hell in a cell match or whatever it is is the exact same level of quality sophisticated storytelling <laughs> as as you like it right i'm not i'm not you know i'm not make, here to make that argument but i guess i guess the point is that human beings like to tell stories in lots and lots and lots of different ways and this really is it's melodrama it's it's um you know it's soap opera it's led it's epic storytelling and it it does feed something quite human which is to I want to idolize a form of perfection uh, that is uh, that is human and 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 very immediately there like they are actually on a stage performing there's very few you know there's not camera tricks there's not CGI there's nothing like that it is literally some dude in a suit jumping 20 foot off of something like and that is really impressive yeah um, yeah no I I I completely I, agree with you like I I I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel the pangs of, of nostalgia every once in a while. I, I think one of the things that I think really makes it work is the fact of, and I've noticed it more since I've read more about it in kind of in more recent years. The idea of the audience with it with a soap opera, with your EastEnders, your Coronation Street, all those kind of soap operas, you root for a storyline. You want something to happen, but you know what? You're kind of you're very separated. They're on a screen. You're just sitting yeah. there. Yeah. Because it's a live environment, you have an audience, and an audience will naturally get behind a certain person, a certain mm. athlete, mm. regardless of whether or not the company was planning in a storyline to make them great. The audience will f- spot someone, like them, develop a rapport, and build build on that. Now, yeah. at times, the company may just the the kind of the writers may decide, I don't care what the audience thinks, I'm going to do it my way, and that's it. But also, it. it if it goes the other way and they think, okay, there's so much kind of uh, support for this particular character, we need to follow through with it. it, gives the audience then a sense of belonging of we've got this person to where they are. We've influenced this story. We are part yeah. of the story, which yeah. I think is a really, really interesting idea. I mean, if you think back to when we watched The Rock, he was, he would refer to himself as the people's champion. That's He, he would fight for the people and they mm. loved him for that. Mm. And that was a really. It's a, when you think about it, it's actually something that you don't get in any other type of entertainment. Yeah, that yeah. kind of interaction of you influencing actually what's going to happen. The closest yeah. you get is video games, and in video yeah. games, you're still following the the linear pattern that's been laid out for you. You can't mm. if you like if you're playing Uncharted and you like Masked Enemy Number Four. There's mm. nothing you can do to make him the star of that game you're going to stick with the path that you've been given. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's kind of a really interesting dynamic that doesn't appear anywhere else. And I've only realised that more so when you look at, I think, certain storylines in recent years. And you look back on where it's very much been the underdog has been pulled up by the, by the audience all the way through to the very top. And it's, it's, it's really, really affecting the That was Staying In with Daniel Frost and Peter Willington. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit stayingin.podbean.com for more information and links to the games and topics we've discussed in this episode. And come find us on Twitter on at stayinginpod. Thanks for listening.